Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Hello, I am Lee Campbell. And I'm Tegan Natoli. <laughs> and this is This Glorious Mess, the mother's group in your ears where judgment is left at the door. Speaking about the door, I had to hide near the back door of your house the other day to eat some chocolate away from the oh, children. yes. <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't want four toddlers having it. Yeah, we had to but sneak away. What's the point of hanging out anyway? Our kids don't play together at the moment. Yeah, they really, the <laughs> twins just are off in their own little world the regardless. The twins are their own mother, like each other's mother. Like at the yeah. park, one twin pushes the other. I just wish I had twins. <laughs> they don't twins. need anyone. No. But themselves. For the two and hours. me for snacks, but other than that. I'm yeah, pointless. and then for the two hours we're hanging out in the last 15 minutes, Alexander and Banjo warm up together. Oh, yeah, they don't want a bar of each other and then, you know, Alexander will find a toy that Banjo hasn't played with for five years and then all of a sudden Banjo will want it back. Speaking of that, I have your Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> today is a show Tegan and I have been wanting to do for ages because we have no idea how to tackle it. Talking about consent with your kids. And we're lucky to be joined by author Jane Gilmore to chat to her about her new book, Teaching Consent. Plus, we'll round it all out with our nails and fails. Jane Gilmore has been writing and speaking about domestic and sexual violence for over a decade. You might have seen her fixed headlines where she takes problematic headlines about gendered violence and reframes them to centre the victim. She joins us to talk about her new book, Teaching Consent. Jane, firstly, thank you so much for joining us. And we would love to start to talk about your wonderful new book. Can you explain in your own words what it is all about? It started almost by accident. I was going into schools and teaching consent classes and I'm a writer, so I can't not write about things that affect me a lot. So I was coming home and just making notes or writing down stories and they just kept growing and growing because there was almost every class I'd come out and there'd be something that somebody had said or something that had happened that would just stay with me. And that's how I empty things out of my brain when they're spinning too much. And I was showing it to Diane and she said, we should put something like this together to give to parents so they know what happens in consent classes because most parents don't know. And obviously it's a thing that they're concerned about. What's my kid learning? What are they hearing from their teachers? So we started putting it together and again, you know, I disappeared down a writing rabbit hole and what was supposed to be like just a little pamphlet turned into the book because I just kept going and there's just more and more and more to say. And honestly, I could have kept going for another 100,000 words, but you reach wow. a point where you just have to stop, you know. Mm -hmm. And you worked alongside Deanne Carson on this book, who is a sexuality educator and researcher. What are the surprising or maybe not surprising things that you found about sex education in schools? I was really surprised by the range of knowledge with the kids. 
there were some things that I just expected everybody to know, like assumptions that I'd made that I had to keep questioning. There was a year nine, year 10 class, and we were talking about consent applies to all kinds of sexual touching. And I had to explain to one of the boys what a blowjob was. And I thought he was kidding. Like I thought he was pulling my leg. And then I looked at him and realized, oh, he's actually serious. He really doesn't know what this is. And I realized that I assumed that he would because I just assumed all boys that age watch porn. Wow. So that was one of those moments where I had to keep questioning all my assumptions or that we would go in and these kids would not really understand the nuances of consent, but I heard definitions of consent from 13-year-olds that were better and more nuanced and more understanding and more wisdom than people four times her age who just go, oh, it's no means no, isn't it? And it was that range. And then how do you teach to that in a class of 24 people where you've got that range of knowledge and experience and understanding and needs? And you know how we're always saying through lockdown that all those people who were teaching their kids at home, oh my God, so much more respect for teachers. Actually standing up in a classroom and realizing, oh, I've got to keep all 24 of you, if you're lucky, interested and engaged and talk to the level that all of you are at without losing anyone. Yeah. Wow. I would just walk out of every class, go, gee, I could not do that all day, every day. Oh, goodness. Absolutely. Now, look, as parents, Tegan and I both have small children. She's got three. I've got one. It's hard for us to know how to talk about consent with our kids because perhaps all those years ago for us at school, we weren't taught in the most progressive way or even at all. Mm. So how do we at home start to broach these conversations? I think it needs to start really young. It needs to start as babies, as toddlers, where obviously you're not talking about sex. Consent is not just about sex. And that's one of the things that we really find when kids are learning those concepts early. So with three and four-year-olds, you're talking about sharing teddy bears and can I use your Lego and can I give you a hug and how about a high five? Having that in the context of consent, which is basically empathy. Are you thinking about how the other person feels and what they want and how are you responding? Like really basic stuff. When you start really young with that, by the time they're teenagers, if they've got those concepts from early on, it's almost natural to take it into sexual relationships. But without that grounding, then you're suddenly going in and you're trying to explain, hey, do you care about how this other person feels? If they've never had that concept before, then how can they possibly understand it? Oh, now, hang on, I've got to think about the world in an entirely different way. So it really does come down to that. And I think if we're talking to our kids about that kind of stuff, from really early about how do you feel? How do they feel? What do you want? What do they want? Are you talking about that? It's probably going to be fine. So, I mean, that's helpful for Tegan and I who have toddlers because we can do the quote unquote right thing from the start. But say a parent's listening here with a 12 or 13 year old and they've never discussed anything like that at a time where puberty is happening at home and, you know, emotions Mm. are quite heightened. How can they start? I think one of the most valuable things you can do is just recognize this is a really awkward conversation. And there's this natural thing when you start talking to teenagers that age, if you've never had discussions about sex before, it's just, ew, gross, shut up, mum, yuck, (laughs) standard response, but not necessarily forcing it on them, but not accepting that as, therefore, I don't want to have this conversation. It's, I'm uncomfortable with this conversation. This is really awkward and I don't know what to say to you. So they'll just do that as a way of communicating that. And as a parent saying, yeah, I know it is really awkward and I'm kind of a bit ooh yuck too, but there's a couple of things we need to talk about. And if you don't want to talk, you can just listen. Here's some Mm. basic stuff or here's something to read or here's a link that you might find interesting. 
and then sort of bringing it up again or doing it sometimes with other adults, so a conversation with the other parent or with a friend or other older relatives. I was reading this thing about porn the other day and, oh, my God, some of the things in it. And, you know, people think that's real. People think that's how everyone's having sex because that's one of the things that I see over and over again in classrooms is you say, this is not real. This is not how most people have sex. And their little heads just go because nobody's ever said that to them before. Nobody talks to their kids about porn, which I understand. But we make so many assumptions, don't we, that they know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So sometimes just even having those conversations with another adult while they can hear you, so you're not putting them on the spot and, wow, you have to listen to this and respond to it. That can help too because it's just putting those ideas about this is not real sex, this is films made for money and entertainment. It's a profit-making enterprise. What are they doing to get profit? Those kind of things. Just so they can hear it. Yes. So through your research, I've got a son, Tegan's got two daughters and a son. Do you believe that there's a different approach when talking about consent to males and to females? I think there is, but I don't think there should be. Mm. I think we do tend to make it that girls are the gatekeepers of sex. You're the ones responsible for saying yes or saying no. And we tend to say to boys, well, if she says no, you have to stop. Mm. And what we should be saying to everybody is how does the person you're with feel about what they're doing, what the two of you are doing? Do they want to do it? Because the other thing that I've seen so many times, particularly with younger boys, is there's so much pressure on them to be sexual and to be sexually aggressive. And like anyone that age, they are nervous and they're not sure and often they're not ready. But it's really hard for a 15 or 16-year-old boy to say, you know what, I'm not ready, I don't want to do this. Because Mm -hmm. we put all these Mm -hmm. expectations on boys that they're always wanting it and they're always going to be pushing for it. So what we're trying to do is rein them in. Whereas if we're saying to everybody, how does the person you're with feel about it? have you asked them? Have you talked about it? So often we'll do things in classes for some of the older teens where we say, well, this is how you have those conversations because they're awkward, right? Even as Mm -hmm. adults, it's hard to talk to your sexual partner about, well, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And actually I don't Mm -hmm. want to right now. Like that's a hard conversation to have even with a partner. For sure. So Mm. to expect 15 and 16 year olds to be able to do this with no help is unfair and unrealistic. So we'll talk about things like Easy thing to suggest when you're standing in the classroom is, hey, you know, conversation. We had this woman come into school the other day and she was talking about consent and she said consent isn't about yes or no. It's about how much everybody wants to be doing what you're doing. What do you think of that as a way of starting the conversation? Because often with teenagers, what you need to do is just give them like almost like a little role play of this is how you start the conversations and then they can take it from there. But they often just don't know how to bring it up. You know, yeah, and it sure. sounds too formal of, well, what do you think about affirmative consent? <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's so interesting you say that because I feel like there's two conversations to be had. Like with my daughters, I always approach like, you know, no one can touch you and, you know, mm. without your consent. And with my son, I'm like, mummy doesn't want you touching her boobies anymore <laughs> for the 500 time today. But like, you know, in my head, I'm like, I'm trying to think, you know, you can't touch anyone's boobies, but it's like giving consent and receiving Mm. consent are two different conversations, right? Yeah. But it's, again, if you redefine consent of it's not about yes or no, because again, at any age, but particularly those teenage years, I mean, I remember it so clearly of, yes, I want to, you're really cute, but no, I don't want to because, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I really like you and I really want you to like me. And I'm really curious about this and that feels really good and now I'm really scared all in the same 30 seconds, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
So how do you then say to them, okay, well, it's a simple yes or no, because it's never a simple yes or no. But if you can find a way to talk about that and say, I want all of these mutually exclusive things at the same time. Mm. How do you feel? Yeah, me too. Okay, so can we just try a little bit and then stop and then start? And then, you know, when you can have those conversations, then you can manage all those conflicting emotions. Mm. But when you tell teenagers or anyone really that a really, really complex, highly emotionally charged moment can be simplified to a yes or a no, they don't know what to do with that because there's nothing you can do with that. It doesn't make sense. So much more complex Life is grace yeah. and, of course, consent is going to be, yeah, something yeah. that needs to be discussed because it is such a grey area. And you might change your mind from one minute to the next and that yeah. needs to have the space to say that. And, yeah, I think this is the new part in the new age and the new generations is, you know, I know you and I, when we were at school, Lee, you know, you didn't say anything. Like yes. you, yeah. And even if you wanted to, you wouldn't know how to articulate it. So yes. it's encouraging our kids to talk and to understand and say what they want to say, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jane, your book is something that I think every parent should read, every new parent, every old parent, anyone who <laughs> parents. Any middle-aged parent. <laughs> and we're going to pop a link to your wonderful book in the show notes. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Nailed it. You failed it. Nails and fails. Nails and fails. Well, mine are both food related. So I've. (laughs) (laughs) Hungry doll. What goes up must come down. Um, Oh, no. Was there spewing? No, no, no. (laughs) I'm just saying what I'm failing at, I'm obviously going to nail as well. Okay. So my fail is that my kids are obsessed with two-minute noodles. Me too. But Jason and I were having this conversation the other day. Are they as bad as they used to be? They're very high in energy, like calories, so that's probably good for a growing body. But remember back in our day, they're like, oh, they're so bad for you. They're so full of MSG. Oh, I don't think they've got MSG in them No, and I checked and I don't think so (laughs) because literally my kids want them every night. I love two-minute noodles. I love. Chicken, Maggi noodle, two-minute noodles. How do you oh, make them? I feel like actually, I was at your house a while ago, and there was a giant box. Is that what yeah, you're talking about? A pack about? of eighteen. Wow. Because don't forget, I have three kids, so yes. that's three packets a night. Oh, if yeah. they have it, they're not having it every night. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. <laughs> and if they do, I throw in some cucumbers and, and snackable. That's carrots. what I do. Not in them, but next to them. Yes. Oh, that is fine. I made one of those the other night, but I only had like the tom yum packet like type vibes oh, at home. And Alexander's like, I want some, but so chilly, and he ate it. Yeah, and the fantastic noodle. Like uh, that bowls. chicken's spicy. Oh, yeah, once, no, I don't once like that. The shop had no Maggi magic. noodles, yes. two-minute noodles, chicken. Okay, in another episode, we don't have time today, but let's talk about how we make our noodles. Okay. Because I feel like it's like making an instant coffee oh, or yeah, there's a how you way. butter your Vegemite on your toast. Let's you, just talk about it now. Okay. <laughs> how do you do it? Okay. So, <laughs> so I've put my noodles in a bowl. Okay. I pour boiling water until it covers it. I put it in the microwave (laughs) for two minutes. No. And then I drain every single bit of water out of it. Okay. And then I put a chunk of butter. (gasps) Oh! 
on it. And then you I, are going off script, girl. <laughs> then I put all the powder on it and then I mix it in. Oh, they've got fats in the butter. That's good. No, that's not how you do it. You boil oh. a pot. Have you ever read the instructions of water? And then you boil them for two minutes. Oh, who's got time to wait for then a pot you to boil? Strain them out, but you leave a teeny no, tiny bit of water, water so that when you mix in the seasoning, no. it mixes better because otherwise it sticks too much no, to a noodle. Not with the butter, not with mm, the butter, no. butter, butter, butter. I'm willing to try it. I don't like the microwave part, but I'll try the butter part. But that's just to make it cook in the microwave. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, microwave and saucepan, like that's no difference. This is making it's making me hungry. Oh my and God, I want to know from the people. We're going to put up in the Mamma Mia family group. How do you make your two-minute I would like to know that. I think it's going to cause some outrage. We had a Canadian live with us for a long time, long story, but he thought it was Maggie and he was like, oh, I love Maggie, everything Maggie does. Maggie and I'm like, who's Maggie? And he's like talking about Maggie. I like beef Maggie better. For years. And then I was like, oh, it's Maggie. But Maggie. I guess it probably looked Maggie. Anyway, yeah. my fail... Alexander, well, look, he's a cheeky bum. He's still in a cop, believe it or not. But he will do it. I need a water. I need this. I need this. Or whatever to, you know, get us to go there. So the other morning he's singing out, Mom, I need to do a wee at like five. And I'm like, yeah, you got a nappy on. He's like, no, I'm going to wet through. And I was like, no, you won't. Just wee in your nappy. No, Mom, I'm going to wet through. It's like, no, you won't. So he's obviously done his wee. He's waiting there for the grow clock to go yellow at 6.30 and he waits. He's so good. He always waits. It's not yellow yet, but he waits and waits and waits. <laughs> While he's yelling at you. So then I go in soaked. Oh, my God. Through his PJs, through his sleep suit, oh, through his mattress. so slack. Aren't I? But because he's a boy who cried wolf with so many other things, oh. like, oh, my sock fall off, fell off in my sleep suit. No, it didn't. Like he's yeah. tricked me that many times. And I said to him, that's why you can only tell the truth. But the poor little thing, I feel so bad. So now when he's ever, he's like, Mum, I'm like, I'm coming. I'm oh, sorry. You're making up for lots of time. Yes. My fail is that I didn't listen to him when he did wet through. And then I had to wash everything and that was my own fault. Actually, that's funny. Actually, I forgot. Literally last night, Banjo still sleeps with a nappy on. Yes. And I forgot and I put undies on him. <laughs> Same thing this morning. He goes, Mum, I wet the sheets. And I'm like, how did you wet the sheets? I'm like, oh, oh, God, I put undies on him. Yeah, like, it happens. So I deserve that load of washing. Yeah, we both did. We really did. What's my- your nail? Well, my nail, another food-related one, is that they love sushi oh. and where have I been for like the last, well, when have they been walking from, you know, at least 18 months, to go to sushi train oh. as an activity? Oh, that's smart because it's it, so exciting to watch the thing. Oh, my gosh. It kills at least an hour and they all eat a scrumptious lunch. Yum. And now I want sushi with my noodles. I get to eat a nice lunch too. Yes. Yeah. And do you let them have soy sauce? They don't want it. Ah! But I'd let them. What? But they don't. They don't want soy sauce. Your Give kid them loves some wasabi for a lull. <laughs> Your kid loves edamame. He My does. Banjo's like, worse. <laughs> I'll chew on the bean and then show him the little pea. And so he goes, how'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I love his little Arnold Schwarzenegger like, voice. Yeah, he's, he's so good. cute. <laughs> I don't know what he is. Well, my nail was I was sick. I will put it on the record self-inflicted. So whether we want to call it sick or hungover, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Rich got up with Alexander at normal time and let me sleep in. And then I came out a few hours later and they were dressed ready to go to the beach. It was a beautiful Sunday. And Alexander said, oh, mummy. And Rich said, oh, I thought you'd keep sleeping. And I said, oh, hi, buddy, blah, blah, blah. And he said, mummy, you're not very well. I said, oh, yeah, I'm not very well, bud. Would you let Rich sleep in? Like Always. Like he was hung? Never have we had more respect for each other's time <laughs> is now that as parenting when hungover. Mm. Because... It's absolute hell. 
I yeah. would never wish it on anyone. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. <laughs> so, no, we have full respect yes. for the other one. That's I mean, it sucks if we're nice. both hungover. If we're both hungover, he has to get up. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. if the other one's hungover and the other one's, like, fresh, the fresh one obviously gets up and takes the first mm. shift until sleep. But anyway. It's so funny. I feel like it should be a form of punishment. Well, you did that to yourself, so no, go face the children. you're buying brownie points for your next yeah, time. Yeah, I get it. You know? a credit. Anyway, he said, Mummy, we're going to go to the beach and that's his favourite place in the world. But I'm going to look after you. And I said, oh, no, bud, you go to the beach. And he was like, no, no, lay down. Do you want a pat? And I was like, okay, so he's pat, pat, You're pat. probably like, oh, my head's already Do you want to rub, rubbing, rubbing, rubbing. And I was just like, oh, a little nail. Because <sighs> Mamma Mia actually has a special project coming up that I can't talk about much at the moment, but I'm the host and it's all about little humans and yeah. instilling empathy and all sorts of things. And I was like, oh, my God, I've been doing something right because he's being empathetic and he, he's giving up his favourite thing to look Aww. after his mum. But then I was like, Rich, take him. Please take him. <laughs> I need, I appreciate I need it. a glass of cold milk no. and to go to bed. Oh, my God. I thought I was the only person that loved milk and I'm hungry. Oh, it's the only thing that works. And cheesels. Oh, now I need cheesels. All right. On that note, we're but going to have... you drink plain milk. Yeah, I drink Ugh, plain milk. I'm a flavoured milk girl, you know. Oh, look, I don't always have flavoured. I'm, I'm... But this show is not a food <laughs> podcast, just so you know. Oh, thanks for listening to this episode of This Glorious Mess. Get in touch with us. We love hearing from you. Our email address is tgm at mamamia.com.au or join our group Mamma Mia Family. We'd love for you to give us a rating and leave us a review if you like the show. This episode was produced by Emmeline Peterson and we'll see you next next week. Bye.